0: Hello and welcome to Being Boss episode number 85. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Being boss in work and life is being in it. It's being who we are, doing the work, breaking some rules, and even though we each have to do it on our own, being boss is knowing we're in it together.
1: Alright, today we want to talk all about conferences, retreats, and the importance of offline connections. Emily and I have made so many friends, creative colleagues, and even clients from meeting with people, IRL, in real life. So we want to talk to you all about that. We also want to talk about what it takes to put on your own conference or retreat, and we thought we'd invite our friend Christy Austellet on to chat with us about this We first met Christy when she attended our very first Being Boss vacation in New Orleans and she runs her own conference in New Orleans called Venture Pop. She's offered us so much generous guidance to us newbies and we want to share it with you all. Christy is the co-founder of VenturePop, a conference in New Orleans for creative entrepreneurs and she's also the director of operations for the nationally recognized events venue Race and Religious. In addition to the annual two-day conference, Christy plays a part in planning and logistics for over 125 events per year. Above all, she is a project manager for those who see their big ideas in full color but need the right tools to make them happen. Hey, you guys, I want to take a second to talk about getting paid. So our friends at FreshBook Cloud Accounting are not just about tracking your income and your expenses and generating invoice, but they're really about creative entrepreneurs getting paid faster. So I was digging through the FreshBooks blog and I found a post all about what happens whenever a client doesn't pay. And they outline some really great details and I'll be sure to include those in the show notes. Things like don't jump the Gun and assume that you're not getting paid or simply resend invoices and follow up but they have some really great advice about moving forward and making it a requirement for a prepayment or retainer for work especially bigger projects and the cool thing about freshbooks cloud accounting is you can bust up your project invoices into payment plans Increase the frequency of payment based on milestones rather than dates. This way you're able to complete a comfortable amount of work and ensure that you're paid before you proceed. Have legal contacts and contracts in place so that in the event a client disappears, it is so much easier to deal with it um, because you already have it on paper. Alright, you guys, you can try FreshBooks for free by going to freshbooks.com/slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section? You don't even need to have a credit card to get started. You can just get started. Alright, back to our episode. Um, Christy, we're so excited to have you on Being Boss. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I'm excited. So we're super excited to talk to you all about. Conferences. So let's start with our very first question. Wait, you know what? Before we jump in, I want to let everyone know that Emily and I will be speaking at Christie's conference, Venture Pop.
0: Yep. Yes. I'm so (laughs) excited. So excited. I was thinking about what I'm going to be wearing just the other day. And Who's gumbo I'm going to eat first?
1: Hey, could, <laughs> could being boss give us a clothing budget?
0: We'll talk to David about that. I would love that. I was thinking about <laughs> getting a pair of overalls.
1: I've got some. We could be matchy-matchy.
0: <gasps> Do you want to be Twinkies? I don't think 100%. the world is ready for that
1: hundred percent, I want to be Twinkies. Ooh, not
0: only that. Let's make this an announcement for this as well. So we're speaking at Venture Pop in September. And by the way, we'll get to you in a minute, Christy. So we're speaking at Venture Pop, but we're also going to be having a Being Voss meetup after hours on Saturday night. So if you guys want to come join us in New Orleans, if you guys have been following us for a while, you know that New Orleans is one of mine and Kathleen's very favorite places, and we did a Being Voss vacation there that was utter magic with what was it 75 ish other bosses and kathleen and i did a really rad photo shoot there earlier this year so we'll be in new orleans again this is your chance to join us we're going to be having a meetup hugging everyone and having cocktails it's going to be super fab and that will be on
1: september 17th and 18th just go to venturepopconference.com being boss to learn more and to buy your ticket okay christy back to you Let's first talk about why why is it important to connect offline with other creatives? What have you found in your own experience?
2: Um, you know, I've met together, I've met with like other creatives and people like that in a bunch of different ways. So, um, about two years ago, Sierra, who's a co-founder, um, so just to kind of get a little bit of background, Venture Pop is co-founded by uh, me, Sierra, and Justin. Um, So, two years ago, Sierra and I used to host um, a local meetup here in New Orleans um, called Made in Mind. Um, And what we did was we kind of hosted about six meetups a year. So, kind of every other month, we would get people together. And we would either do some sort of, like, activity that usually promoted a local business. We tried to do that a lot. Promoted a business that was opening, um, you know, was just kind of getting off um, you know, kind of launching and, um, or just really just a bar sometimes, you know, sometimes just a quick and easy cocktail would work.
0: (laughs) I love promoting bars and supporting them in any way that I can. (laughs) I think we're all pros at that for sure. Um,
2: (laughs) so, um, and you know, what you learn is that everybody, most people either work alone, um, in their house or in a coffee shop or on a small team where you only see a couple people um, in real life (laughs) very infrequently. And you kind of create your business in like this little vacuum. And like you forget that all these other things are going on, that people actually do this and make a living doing it. And um, just the support and knowledge you kind of get just by loosely talking to people over cocktails that are doing the same thing. So Um, you know, meetups have definitely been, uh, in our past and have kind of been a part of forming, you know, crescendoing into venture pop, I guess you would say. Um, and then, you know, I've been a part of masterminds and I I guess the whole bit, I just really love, um interacting with other creative entrepreneurs and just knowing that, you know, there's others out there and kind of sharing information and keeping up with like the latest things that are coming out and kind of talking about it and hashing things out. Um, Even talking about like customer service problems and things like that, where you just need a little sounding board. uh, You know, I just feel like there's just so much benefit to it in so many different ways.
0: I agree. That's exactly one of the reasons that Kathleen and I started doing these in real life events. That's the way that we got together and started forming a relationship. It was this idea that you build a business in a bubble and you think you're the only one facing these problems and you're the only one who's experiencing Mm -hmm. these things good and bad and you need people to celebrate with and you need people to be the sounding board for whatever sticky things come up. I think you can have some of that in like, I don't know, like email chains and things like that and even Skype sessions. But there's so much awesomeness that comes from face to face, from hugging someone and having a cocktail with them Mm -hmm. and really being able to connect in that way. So completely agree. I think that I think that giving creatives the opportunity or making those opportunities for creatives to get together and talk things out, be real humans and not screen names on a computer (laughs) can be seriously monumental.
2: Yeah. And then I think um, I think it's kind of good to do a variety of those things. So for instance, um, like a mastermind, if you put together a group of two, three, four, you know, small group of um, people, I mean, I've been in a mastermind where our businesses were actually pretty different. Um, but I feel like the benefit there is you kind of get these little like pep talks, like, um, you know, you can, it it sounds a little cheesy, but you get these like real life, like, this is what you do. You know what you're doing. You have everything you need to do it. Just go do it. And you're like, okay, okay, I can do it. I can do it. Like sometimes you just need that little that little in-person, um, kick with somebody who you meet with regularly and kind of knows you and, you know, you, you know, that they know you. So it kind of gives you that extra confidence. And then for like a meetup situation where it's more casual, I mean, I think it's just more fun. You can make lighthearted connections. Um, when you see them, you know, the people that would come to our meetups repeatedly, you know, they really started forming like friendships and, um, it's just like a different tone of, you know, solving problems that way, just kind of feeling like you're supported and that people are out there. And, um, I mean, you usually have a lot of fun with people that you have a lot in common with besides the fact. And then, um, for things like, uh, you know, like bigger things like a conference or an in-person workshop or the vacations that you guys do, you know, it's like a bigger investment, but like all of that is, It's kind of all combined into one, I guess you'd say. So you kind of have, uh, you can meet people one-on-one. You can go with friends and kind of mastermind in the evenings or things like that, which I highly suggest. Um, You have that fun component like the cocktails and the meeting other creatives and even just like the lunch breaks, kind of making small talk conversation and picking up little pieces from here and there and kind of starting to meet new people. But then you have that next layer of what I think is the real value of you know kind of going for that investment is like the workshop component, the what the presenters bring to the stage. Um, I know with your vacations because I went to your one here in New Orleans. Um, you know, you guys hosted a really nice workshop, and so that's where I think people find the true value in investing in themselves and really learning. And that's kind of where you know that's the baseline of nuts and bolts of business growth, and the rest can actually grow your business kind of in a social way, um, but it actually does really kind of strengthen, you know, your next step or maybe your next three steps or something like that.
1: Um, if anything, I think that it strengthens your connection to your own business vision and your own enthusiasm yes. for taking it to the next level. So whenever I first started really participating in conferences, I actually hadn't done very many meetups. And maybe that's because of my location. But yeah. I remember the first time I dropped you know, probably well over a $1,000 to attend a conference. I'm pretty sure it was Alt Summit, which is a blogging conference. And the first year that I went, it was maybe 300 people. So still pretty small. And I had no idea that there would be so much energy and so many lifelong friendships formed. And I think that that's where I found the real value and that it's hard to quantify, except that now... You know, eight years after attending my first alt summit, the fact that many of those people I met in that very first year have become either creative collaborators like Emily and I starting being boss. We met in real life at the first time at alt summit mm-hmm. and um, people have become clients or or other kind of creative projects have come up. Like people have written books and have invited me to participate in their book. And so I think that those are the things that are kind of hard to quantify and measure, but really mean so much. And and so ju- I wanted to share this story just this last winter. I was feeling totally in a work rut. I was just, I've been in business for five years. I was over myself. Like whenever you create a business around your personal brand, it's easy to just be like, oh. <laughs> I am done talking about myself. But um, I, I was I was feeling definitely in a work rut. And I went down to Mexico with a few other ladies. And we went to the beach once for five minutes. It was so windy and sunny. we were like, let's go back to the condo and talk shop some more. We had so much fun for three days in a row talking shop. I really, that's what sparked my interest and in really getting serious about my email marketing game and content upgrades. Mm-hmm. And it re-energized my entire business. So that was really valuable and exciting for me. And I have found that every time I invest in traveling, I get something out of it. So I want to talk a little bit about, I just want to hear from all of you like what are some of your favorite conferences or retreats to attend?
2: Yeah, well I mean just to second that really quickly. I mean that's really what um what you just mentioned is so just such a big part of our planning with Venture Pop. So you know last year was our first year and we were just like trying to like really get it together and make it great. Um, And this year you know it's just like we're trying to up our game, and um, we are upping our game and what you know what how we're thinking about it is exactly what you just said um I mean I feel like people you know from a conference planning perspective, people will pay go ahead and pay the money like they see the value when they're thinking about it, planning about it, thinking about investing in The people that are presenting in the workshops, you know, I'm calling them workshops, like maybe they're interactive or presentations, um, the nuggets that they know that they'll take away from the stage. But what I feel like is the true value that's like not even quantifiable um, are all the things you just mentioned. And those are all things that you just hear. We've heard for the past year since VenturePop, since the first, you know, VenturePop conference. So stuff that I've had experience with, you know, I've heard everybody else has had experiences with that adventure pop. And um I'm actually leaving tomorrow to go on a flight to Portland to World Domination Summit, which is actually like my annual retreat to recharge and figure out what this year looks like. I know a lot of people kind of do that in the new year, but I'm just like too, like over the holidays and everything. <laughs> and I think everybody talking about it, it just gets on my nerves. So like, that's what I do every summer. So I kind of um, girl go to world domination summit kind of feel that really really big energy in the room filled with people doing really big things um, and just recharge and it just resets you know your whole mindset like you were talking about about your business and where you wanted to go and where you are and like subtle little changes that make the biggest difference ever and those are things that are really hard to talk about as part of like let's just say a conference sales page or something that doesn't sound like a bunch of fluff. But I mean, I really think that that is the core value of going somewhere in person.
0: I agree with that. I think um, I've done, let's see, I've done Alt Summit twice. And I think um, I think it's good, but so big that I felt like I wasn't quite getting out of it what I wanted to maybe. And Salt Lake City is not one of my favorite places on the planet. Um, oh, I, I like love going. Salt Lake City.
1: Do you? I think it is so beautiful. I was like, if I was Brigham Young, I would have been like, God called me here. Too. <laughs> 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 I would have chosen that as the chosen land. I mean, it's just really beautiful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well good i for some reason it's never it's never been one of my favorite places and for me, like travel and place are super important, so it has to be somewhere like the place has to feed my soul um so for me, that was i don't know alt summer was never one of my favorites um I enjoyed it, and I met some really cool people there um but I think my favorite interactions are usually much smaller sort of impromptu gatherings. So like really small meetups, Uh, whenever we were living in Florence, especially we would get together with a small crowd of, of creatives there and just sort of have cocktails in the studio and chat about whatever came up. I like those smaller interactions. Whenever I think about the boss vacation, some of my favorite things that I get to do, um, at those are the impromptu like dinners that happen sort of off to the, side that aren't even like part of the main event, but are the things that come come in addition to the main event. I think that being able to share a meal or a drink with someone and talk about talk about anything because God knows anything will come up in those conversations. Oh, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> so like what do you think um like
2: was missing with Alt Summit? Like do you think that they intended for people to like take it upon themselves to do meetups and things like that, but it like it didn't happen or
0: I think I think I went I didn't go to their first year. That was when you went. Did you go? Or to I the, think second I went year? I went to
1: their second year, so it was still really, really small. Right. Um,
0: and then I went to the third and fourth year. And I think that whenever I was there, they were transitioning. Like they were transitioning from being a really small, like designer conference to a very large blogger conference. And I felt yeah. that, I felt that what they were presenting wasn't quite as cohesive as I, like, I thought I was going to a design conference. Like, Altitude Design Summit and I get there and it's just a bunch of bloggers which I think are really great but I wasn't so much a blogger I was a, wanting to be a really great designer um and so that was that was kind of I think the underlying thing with me um but then it in the third second year that I went it got so big that um I don't know. It was just bigger than I anticipated. And I am an introvert who likes my small groups of people. And um, it was all a little overwhelming. And Alt Summit, like Salt Lake City, I get altitude sickness, apparently. Like a beast. And so, especially the second time I went, I spent most of my time in bed wanting to hurl.
1: So, I'm an altitude junkie. I'm like, get (laughs) me as high as possible. But um, (laughs) I'm like, 20,000 feet, I'm good. So, I... I experienced that also. I think that Alt Summit, what happened there, and this isn't to, you know, bash Alt Summit at all, and probably half the people listening to this podcast may not even be familiar, but it was a, a for design bloggers, oh. and so that might be a positioning thing, like right? if there's a disconnect between what you think you're going to get, which is for us with our boss vacations, really trying to figure out how to position it in a way that people know what to expect. And I think that's a really hard thing to do. But what happened with All awesome is I just think it got too big too fast. And so even whenever we're planning the boss vacations, we get really intentional about capping it out and mm-hmm. not letting it get out from under us. Um, I never want it to be the kind of thing and, – and I really never want to attend the kind of conference, unless I know I'm attending it. Oh, one of my favorite conferences I ever attended was – the How Design Conference. And that's a huge conference. And I did not make the same kinds of personal connections that I would typically expect at a smaller kind of get-together or smaller conference like Venture pop or a boss vacation. Um, But the speakers were incredible. I learned so much from those speakers and it has shaped so much of my own point of view in my own business that I, I mean, it was just, it was amazing. It was so, so good. But whenever you're, I'm going to something and expecting to make personal relationships and it's just a bunch of people trading business cards.
0: Mm, Right?
1: Not (laughs) Not just business cards. We're talking fully decked out packages. Like people are basically bringing each other gifts in the form of business cards. <laughs> and I just felt like I couldn't keep up. So that that's some... That was my thing with Alt Summit.
0: Anyway, I feel like we've been talking a lot about Alt Summit. (laughs) I learned a lot. Well, so let's talk about the good things of Alt Summit because that is a conference we've both gone to. And I've actually heard our crowd talk about Alt Summit a lot. Um, And I think no matter what I go to, I always come back from those sorts of events with a notebook full of notes and this like whole new drive to put all the things in place and yes I keep like my stack of oh my god these are business card business cards uh, but then I also always have like a really good couple that I can I can keep and like well and I can keep in terms of like I can keep these people as part of my tribe um because I do always meet some really, really great folks or get to meet up with people that I have I have interacted with online. And I think that's one of those things that I love, I do love about the larger conferences, is that so many of the people that you are interacting with online are going to be there, that you can have lots of FaceTime with people from all over the country um, who you've interacted with on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, um, and you can meet up with them. And it's so fun like running into people like, like, Like that in like a hotel lobby or like planning to have drinks after one of the events or whatever it may be. I think that that's one of my favorite things about um, about an event as large as Alt Summit is that the opportunity to meet people is just expensive explosive because there are so many people there. One thing about attending conferences is what you put
1: into it is what you get out of it. And so I think it's really important before you attend a conference to say, okay, what is one thing I want to learn? Even if it has nothing to do with specifically what one speaker might be talking about, whenever you have a goal or an objective in mind, you're going to be narrowed in on achieving that goal, right? So ask yourself, what is one thing that I really want to learn? What is one person that I really want to connect with, whether that's an actual person that you know is going to be attending the conference and someone that you can maybe even email in advance and say, hey, I know we're both going to be here. I would love to grab a drink with you or at least say hello if I see you, heads up, or maybe it's the kind of person you want to meet. So maybe it's like, okay, I know that I really want to meet someone who is at the top of their game in email marketing and I want to learn one thing about email marketing from them. Or maybe it's that you want to meet a podcaster. Think about the kind of person that you want to meet, the kind of information you want to learn. And really, we're all adults and we're responsible for our own learnings and our own interactions. And I don't care how introverted you are. I feel like that's an excuse that comes up a lot like introversion and anxiety. And I know that those are very real things. Um, I certainly have some anxiety. Emily is certainly an introvert, but we can still go to a conference and know what we want to get out of it, but also know when we need to recharge. So that's a huge part of conferences is having time to go back to your hotel room or to sneak away with just a couple of people for lunch and recharge your batteries.
0: Yeah, there is nothing shameful about blowing off a session. I feel like that's <laughs> like one of the big anxiety issues with conferences is people go and they get that little schedule and they're like oh my god all the things and so they try to hit every single one of them and halfway through it they're like totally wiped out. Um, I did that the first time I went to a conference and was totally wiped out and the second one I went into it a lot less seriously with this idea that obviously I'm going to be hitting all the big social events um, but otherwise I'm going to be a little more selective about what sessions I go to so that I do have time to recharge um and make those connections like there are plenty of people who are ditching ditching sessions to hang out in the bar and see who shows up (laughs) (laughs) that's the inside scoop yeah like as a
2: recovering introvert right I like can't be an introvert for everything I do but um I've kind of like I feel like I've learned how to be an extrovert and now it comes um a lot more naturally and I feel like even people that consider themselves extroverts have a hard time just, like, going up to people and going up to people and going up to people and introducing themselves and all that stuff at at something like a conference. But I think what's good to keep, you know, in the back of your mind is that everybody's there to meet other people. Like, you're not weird. (laughs) <laughs> for saying hello oh, you are but everyone yourself. else is too <laughs> they're just like thank god she was the one that said it you know like i i try and you know at all the meetups and like whatever we put on i try and make sure i mention that like just say hi i mean you have something in common you're here where you know the the event and you're here for a reason and so like we're we all have the same you know base concept in mind like just go ahead and don't be shy have a Knock one down and say hello. Right.
0: Have a drink and then go compliment someone's shoes. Like I have right. found that one of the easiest ways Ooh, to start like a conversation that. with someone is just talk about their shoes or some other accessory and the ice is broken and you're good to go.
2: I like that. Actually, I'm pretty sure last year one of the first um impromptu things that happened was a shoe competition on stage at Venture Pop.
0: Oh God! Do I need to make sure we need a shoe budget? <laughs> we need a shoe budget, indeed. No, I don't, I don't think I'll this is. A, I don't think this is a recurring thing. Although,
2: if you need an excuse <laughs> to buy shoes, go right ahead. But, um, yeah, that I, I like that idea. Like, just just comment on a necklace or a shoes or something fun.
1: But I think also another great way to introduce yourself to someone, um, without being creepy or pushy or weird is to maybe offer up a gift of knowledge or help in some way. So, for example, Christy, whenever you came up and introduced yourself to Emily and I at Being Boss Nola, you came up and said, hey, like, this is so great. You were so nice. You knew that we were having problems with our hotel, like that there were (laughs) some logistical customer service situations happening there and you said, hey, I host a conference here in New Orleans. If you ever want to do this again, I will hook you up with my contacts I have a great hotel recommendation so you were really generous with wanting to help us have a better experience <laughs> next time.
0: Right. So so you can eavesdrop, I think <laughs> <laughs> So you can eavesdrop and offer as you are roaming the room and and you know just sort of keep your ears um, ears pricked for any Is it pricked? Ear that's that. Perked. Thank you. <laughs> You can just keep your ears perked for any any relevant subjects and jump in. If it's a room full of people, especially, no one's going to mind. They might even appreciate it. And that's a tactic that works
1: online too. If you're wanting to make online friends, it's really just about showing up and saying hello, and offering what you have to offer.
2: Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of like taking those online contacts and like kind of solidifying them by trying to find some people that you like either follow or have connected with online and see if they're going to the conference. That, that is like a true friend for life at that point. um, Oh yeah. Like you were talking about. I want to talk a little bit about starting
1: your own conference or, you know, maybe it's even starting with a meetup and a lot of creatives really crave that kind of thing and are naturally great at putting on events. Um, So Christy, you are an event planner, right? Like you do that,
2: how would you describe what it? What are you, Christy? <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, so I'm not, and, and only people like in the industry would kind of like feel that there's a difference, but um, so what I do is I am um, an operations manager at a really busy uh, wedding and events venue here in New Orleans, so we put on like over 125 events per year. And, um, so I kind of think of myself as like a project manager, probably for highly emotional people. Um, (laughs) but basically, I mean, you know, if you want to think of it like this, like, uh, or this is how I think of it is that, you know, any sort of launch or new product line or anything, an event, a meetup, a conference, I mean, these are all just like a big project that you just need to kind of sit and organize. Is, like, just play project manager. Um, you just have to sit there and kind of organize your thoughts, kind of get a big picture plan, and then kind of come up with little, like, phases to follow through and not worry about phase two and phase three when you're in phase one. You can't. You'll drive yourself crazy. Um, but as far as, like, you know, just kind of starting with a meetup or something more small, I think it is just to keep it small. Like, don't get overwhelmed with, I don't know how many people are going to show up or I don't know, how, you know, like make it in a, um, like when Sierra and I kind of started these meetups, what we did was we, we put it in a setting where it didn't matter. Like we didn't rent a room or have an empty room or a private room. We had it at a bar where people can come and buy their own drinks and um, like maybe just join a happy hour that already exists. So you can kind of promote a $5 cocktail or something like that And if you have five people that show up, it doesn't matter. The whole bar is full. Those five people will enjoy, um, you know, what's going on. We'll kind of enjoy it being smaller. And, you know, what's funny is that we always want it to be bigger. And then when it's bigger, everybody remembers the good times when it was smaller. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, the point is just to start small. Um, you know, what if you have just a few people that show up, take a few cute pictures, pop them in a blog post, and just let people know where you're going to be. Um, maybe even like be consistent with it the first Thursday of every month, and then slowly it will build, and people will be like, I don't know how I didn't hear about this, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, that would be definitely. A tip, I think people just kind of uh, make it this huge monster of a planning situation. And really, the things you just have to keep in mind is, like, make it so that it can work no matter what size it is, how many people show up. And don't apologize, like, oh, I'm so sorry, people are in here. You know, just be like, Mm, I'm so excited that you are here. Um, Here's somebody I think you should meet. I mean, I'm just a very, very, very natural connector. um, And so... I think that um, trying to connect people to other people that I know would either hit it off right away or um, be a good resource for someone else. Um, I think that's a really big value, and will keep people like coming and enjoying it.
0: I think that starting with a meet off, meet off, I quit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that starting with something small like a meetup is is certainly how you should do it. And, and I agree. Like whenever we did the being boss New Orleans, like there were seventy five people there. And then Miami was 50 and we so much more enjoyed the 50 people, like just sort of the intimacy of that group um, that I think that, well, like all of our future vacations will be kept at a smaller number instead of a larger number. Um, And I think, I don't, Kathleen, do you see a Being Boss conference in our future?
1: You know, I've thought about it. I mean, after New Orleans, I thought maybe we could grow this into a conference, but I I really dig that 50 person vibe. And if anything, I could see us getting even smaller and hosting really super small retreats with eight people. And like, let's rent a beach house, get a chef and have eight people in a beach house for a week, talking shop, having fun, eating good food, hanging out. Um, I'm actually so planning could- one of
2: those with my friends right now. Yeah, like, oh. See, I love
1: it. And I've done a lot of those with my friends. Emily and I are about to go to a really small mastermind retreat. We've been masterminding with Tara Gentilly for the past six months. And so we're about to go do that. And the, I, I just, you know, I keep thinking about as we scale being boss, and I certainly do want to scale it bigger and bigger. I want it to be like a household name. Whenever you think about creative entrepreneurs, you think about being boss. But at the same time... I'm starting to feel this shift in my own heart and soul, which is to really continue to connect with individuals. And what is it? You only have room for 150 people in your brain at any given time. If we had a conference of 400 people, I just don't know that I'm ready yet to hold a conference where I haven't been able to personally meet every single person there. It's hard enough with 50 people, much less 450 people. So and I, But I also think that there will be a growth mindset to that where at some point I will feel like, okay, I don't have to know everyone in this room.
0: Oh, but I it want to. It just depends to. on your own goals. <laughs> it just depends on your goals. Right. No, I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. I think that where we are at the moment, like I want to make those connections. Like I want to be in it just as much as they are. I don't want to be like the bird hovering over everyone watching all the little connections happen. Um, and so so I agree with all of that. I think that, um, I think that doing some smaller things is definitely where I'm at as well. Well, it's really interesting to add small things
2: to the big things, which is probably like a year three venture pop, um, you know, like something that we're going to focus on a lot. We really wanted to do that this year, but there's only so much growth you can do in one year. Um, but – Definitely. I mean, really, all we hear, all we hear, is that people want not only to connect more, but they don't want to do the work to connect more. Yeah. Um, so we hear that too with being boss. Yeah. Like what?
0: Just go. Just go have a dream. And-
1: <laughs> we need it. We need it structured. We need That's it the organized. The kind of work
0: I don't mind doing, guys. Like if, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. No, I agree, and I think that I, I think that that really is kind of. Well... I think this is where it comes into what you were saying a minute ago, Kathleen, about like knowing what your purpose is for whatever event it is that you're wanting to have. If it's something where you want to be the ones making the connections and you want these to be really deep connections that are really long term, like keep it really small and focused. Um, but if it's something where you want to give people the opportunity to make lots and lots of connections, but also attract like big name speakers and things like that to come along, then you're going to have to do something larger. Um, I mean it is just knowing what your purpose is but also being really mindful of no matter what that purpose is growing it from something small and then scaling it up as big as you want to make it and not the idea of starting it with something that's huge and hoping it goes off without a hitch. I think that um, I think that I think that making offline connections is huge. You just have to go about it in the way that you really want to go about it and be really intentional about it.
1: And that's the thing that like I don't really know how to explain is the magic that happens after you've been working for yourself all year long hold up in front of your laptop with your resting bitch face on, just grinding <laughs> out the work to finally be able to meet up with your tribe or your your friends that you haven't met yet, because that's kind of the way that I think of it. It is truly magical. It's almost like the prom of the year. For me, these events yeah. and getting to go to these things feels like – I can get dressed. I can buy some clothes. I can put on some makeup. I love that analogy. With all these other creatives, and we can just have a really good time. So I want to talk about whether you are a whether you're wanting to put on your own retreat or conference or meetup, or you're just attending one of these things. What is something that you all would avoid doing or what is like a failure that you have learned from either as an attendee or as someone putting these on?
2: Well, I have probably a handful of things I would avoid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear them. Okay, well, um, so without going into too much depth. Uh, so, so when we started VenturePop our first year, what we did um, is that we, we threw a Kickstarter campaign. And so we didn't want to put on the conference unless we sold X amount of tickets to the Kickstarter campaign so that there was interest here locally because we knew that although our ultimate goal was to have like people travel nationally, you know, from around, you know, from everywhere um, to come in for the conference to New Orleans, that we did know that like, you know, our first year would be local supporters and people who knew us and who had kind of like been in our circles for a while. So we started with the Kickstarter campaign um, and uh, about, I think, maybe it was like 10 to 12 days before the Kickstarter, we had reached our goal, which was exciting, and um, about 10 to 12 days before the campaign closes, which is when you know you get the money when it closes and you follow through, um, someone with our original name... Um, came at us with extremely threatening emails, um, threatening to shoot down, um, to shut down our campaign, to shut down everything. Um, And so uh, that was like a really big upset that the three of us had to really kind of come together and figure out and um, hash out and move on from.
1: So Wait, so was it just kind of like a trademark incident of having the same name and you didn't know that they already had that name kind of situation?
2: It was that kind of situation. Um, It was very skeezy on the other end and I'll probably Uh. just leave it at that because I think it's (laughs) going to be pretty obvious if I talk a little bit more about who it is and I don't really want to. Go that route. But um, anyway, the point is, is that we clearly we had kind of done our research before and we looked to make sure that the name was available and all of these things. And suddenly after the threats, they were no longer available because they were all applied for. And then models changed after that to replicate ours, which was (gasps) yes. Anyway, point being is, um, you know, one thing is that just to make sure that the names and websites and all of those things are available, of course. Um, make sure you have all your ducks in the row. So
1: that's kind of going into it thinking of it as a business, right? So it's not just an event, but this whole thing could turn into a business. So you need to go through the same kinds of branding processes for your event as you would for your own small business, yeah?
2: Yeah. And I mean, like, I feel like that's a double edged sword because like some people get really stuck in like what do I apply for? You know, what business do I apply for? What, what do I have to do before I get started? And I, and I hate that people get stuck in that spot. Um, and maybe, like, if you're a solo entrepreneur and you're kind of doing one-on-one services, that can maybe wait a little bit um, depending on, like, what the situation is. But when something is pretty public, um, yeah, I mean, things with your name have to be settled. Um, partnership agreements have to be signed. Uh, you know, conferences aren't cheap. And, um, although a lot of, you know, a lot of money seems to come in, but it's all spoken for and all, like a lot of it goes out and needs to be spent in certain ways. So, you know, getting all those ducks in a row and things like that is something that luckily we did most of that. Um, we kind of got, uh, blindsided by the, uh, trademark issue, but, um, you know, I mean, definitely something learned from that was that the three of us came together and, you know, we squashed it immediately and moved on from it. But what really sucked is that, like, all of the social media stuff, we had, um, you know, all of our social media campaigns, we had grown audiences through our old name and we were no longer able to use them because of laws by the social media campaigns. Um, and she had attacked all of those. So Ugh. so that was tough. But, um, yeah, get, get your shit straight. <laughs> <laughs> basically
0: well and and along that same line i I want to touch on budget for a minute because mm-hmm. that's been um that's been a big thing for like our boss vacations is like really having a handle on the money like it can be really easy to think okay i'm gonna have a have a conference it's gonna be five hundred bucks a ticket that's gonna be so much money, but venues are expensive, yeah. <laughs> and speakers are expensive, and so all of that money is absolutely spoken for immediately Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so just making sure you know your numbers or else you're not gonna have an event and that's what all of this is for
2: yeah how we uh just like the really basic way that we approached it was that you know each year before we start planning we come up with a basic budget based off of like last year or you know basically this year we did it based off of last year and um so so that's just kind of a starting point, though. I mean, that budget evolves <laughs> clearly um, depending on a lot of different things. But I think in order to keep things like that straight when you're talking on like such a big scale like a conference, is it's really important to continually update um, update your budget that you expect to spend everything on, like your overarching budget. And then think of... Like, where you are in that. So it's really easy. I'm trying to think of, like, how to describe it uh, really simply. But it's really easy to double allocate money to something. Um, And I think that people do this in their personal life all the time. Like, um, if you have a pot of $5,000, you're like, oh, well, we can spend... Um, $500 on Facebook marketing and like oh we can spend you know like you can double allocate that so like the working budget has to be kind of detailed as well and that's probably even more important Um, like because in some areas we were able to lower the amount that we had budgeted for which was great but you can't double spend the money you save for other than otherwise you're kind of stuck again so um, budgeting is the name of the game for sure.
0: Right. And then and then I think the other big thing and I think this is for like small meetups or like let's say medium sized meetups because small meetups can get away with all kinds of things to like large events Mm -hmm. is finding really good venues. Yeah. That will help you out because like a medium sized meetup like having a bar that's going to be okay with you bringing in 50 people to like you know a possibly already busy bar um being on good terms with those sorts of people is a good is a good idea up to like large events and our new orleans event was one of those where the venue was very difficult and it was a complete like 180 from miami where the venue was amazing like it completely changed so much of at least my experience as like the person who was coordinating um But also the experience of our attendees as well. So finding a good venue and making nice with everyone and um, and little gifts go a long way. (laughs) (laughs) Giving out mugs will will make you friends. Um, But having really solid venues and and making friends with the people who are running those venues can um, can certainly make anything from medium sized meetups to large events go much more smoothly. I also
1: want to mention whenever it comes to conferences, whether you're attending or but especially if you're hosting a retreat or conference, is feeling too terribly responsible for everyone having a good time. It's so easy as a host, even if you're having a party at your house, you know, you can kind of think of it in that way as a microcosm for what it's like to hold a retreat or a conference. It's so easy to get caught up in really worrying that everyone is having a good time, that you are not having a good time. And there will be some people attending your retreat or conference that are a little disappointed and you can't put that all on yourself. Like That's what I want to tell people to avoid, is to avoid putting that responsibility entirely on yourself because... There's so much that goes into whether or not someone has a good time. I mean, someone could be sick. Someone could have had a family emergency before they attend. Someone could just... Okay, so this is one piece of feedback that we got after New Orleans. Someone emailed us and I was crushed for a solid two days about it. They were like, this was not what I expected. It felt like a big slumber party. And... After 2 days I was like wait a second that's the vibe that we were going for was a huge <laughs> slumber party <laughs> So the fact that they didn't have a good time really just meant okay how can how can we readjust our positioning and expectations yes. so people know that a boss vacation feels more like a big somber party than it does a uh, and it feels more like a vacation than it does a conference. And so that was the kind of how we adjusted and refined for the second time around
2: for Miami. So
0: uh, I think you guys need to do a
2: big think. photo shoot, like, with a pillow fight in a hotel room.
0: Yes. <laughs> Wait, has anyone actually... Okay, I need all Boss Vacation people to email... Like, if you had a pillow fight, let me know. And next time, invite me.
1: Just Maybe we me. could organize a pillow fight.
2: Actually, what's kind of cool to think about is that, like... um I'm excited to go to. We're, you know, like throughout the conversation, we've been talking about like traveling and investing, and you know, it does cost mo- more money to travel on top of the ticket that you purchased and things like that, which I totally understand. But I went to the vacation here in New Orleans, which is where I live, and I'm excited to go to a being bus vacation where I don't live. Um, I'm excited to go ahead and like go somewhere else, so that you can have those. You know, because when you live in the same place that you go to the conference in, um, you know, you kind of peel out and you do your everyday life stuff. And I feel like, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about is it's literally like a vacation for your business. Like when you take a vacation um, in the summer and you go to the beach with your family, you're able to unplug and refresh in that way. But like when you have a business vacation or travel for a conference, then you're able to, um, you know, not do the emails, not do the daily grind task. You don't have any projects to work on. You've kind of cleared your schedule, but you're able to have that open mind to think about your business and connect and like really commit to
0: that full experience in the weekend. So you get to take a break from your family. <laughs> <laughs> I know of a couple of the bosses that came on our vacations who came to sleep because they had like small children and just wanted a couple of days to like get away from family and like focus on their business. Um, and I think that's, I think that's really huge too. I think being able to take yourself out of that, like daily grind of like life and work and like for family vacations, it's getting out of work to focus on life and for business things like this, it's about getting out of life and thinking about work. Um, And then for our vacations, it's also about like roaming a city and having fun and Mm -hmm. like apparently pillow fights that I don't get invited to. Can we um,
1: sneak peek our next boss vacation?
0: I guess so. Can we we just share like generally what's happening? Absolutely. So we are planning our next vacation. Um, It's probably going to be spring or summer of 2017. And we are currently looking at Portland. Pretty hardcore. What?
1: Yay, I'm excited. I was like on the edge of my seat wondering where that was going
0: to be. (laughs) Go ahead and write it down. Go ahead and write it down.
1: If you're not on our mailing list, be sure to join our mailing list at beingboss.club to know all about that vacation.
0: And can we also talk about the other one? Yeah. Okay, so and... And we're also doing a Being Boss Retreat. Um, That one has a little less details. It will be planned around the vacation. So we're finalizing the vacation before we plan the retreat. We're thinking anywhere between 8 to 15 people. Super small group. um, Very mastermindy and lots of pillow fights.
1: (laughs) Where are we going to do that?
0: I don't know. We need to talk I'm about feeling that. like
1: a Santa Fe Pals, Oh, good. Because Sedona. I was totally
0: thinking like Arizona desert. They have well. crazy spas out there. Mm. I love crazy spas.
2: Ooh. Ooh, y'all, I'm excited. Yes. I feel like I we should do
1: two retreats next year so I can get away from my family and sleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can arrange that if we need to. Um, so, yeah, we, we are planning on doing more. And it's so funny. I want to talk because... After we did after we did New Orleans um, We were super, like, gung-ho about doing another one, and we launched Miami super soon after that. And as we were gearing up for Miami, because these events are so big, like, and even our small events, like, I can't imagine doing a conference. Like, that kind of makes my brain want to explode. Like, all kinds of high fives to you. Um, but whenever I think, um, or whenever we were gearing up for Miami, we were all about, like, we're never doing this again. Like, why are we doing this? Like, planning these and logistics and all of this stuff. Is this really what we want to be doing with our lives? And then once we did Miami and once we got there and the people like this real life, you know, experiences and t- chatting with these people, we knew that all of that pre chalk was nonsense and that of course we were doing this again. Like it's masochistic, events, it's masochistic, isn't it? It's, it's unkind to yourself in the most ridiculous ways. Um, but it really is like some sort of amazing magic that happens whenever you get these I know. people together. And with, with Kathleen and I, like we, before we were even done with that vacation, the like last breakfast that we had, Kathleen and I were talking about where we were, where we were going to do the next one. Like, of course we're doing this. Like it's our responsibility.
2: <laughs> this happened. Yes. I don't, that's not uncommon. I mean, it's just, it's a lot, you know how I think of it? Um, you know, like everybody, you, you guys have like, experience with like art and web like when you're designing a website you have a little bit of that moment every time you're like why the fuck am I still doing this this is so annoying this is so hard I'm not gonna be able to figure it out this time I don't want to do this anymore what do I want to do now like I feel like no matter what like big things that make a big impact that have like you know like, go way further than things that you – like, when you push yourself to the limit, you hit that, fuck, I never want to do this again moment every time.
1: (laughs) I mean, I have it every day. (laughs) Every day. I'm like, I uh, it's too hard. (laughs) And not just hard, but, like, I'm so emotionally invested in my work and the vacations that we have and everything that we do. I feel like I really give it my all, and it's just – sometimes feels so hard but then the payoff is that you do the thing and it's amazing and it's fun and this is the stuff that I'm gonna remember on my deathbed
2: yeah so um okay so after the conference so what I've been working on behind the scenes is I'm gonna do like project management and like vacation and retreat coordination so that's what I've been working on like your own business yes
1: for facilitating retreats. Like, we could hire you for a boss vacation. Yeah, because it's so
2: crazy. And, like, this is literally what I do every day.
0: (laughs) I love that. So, good. Good, good. Because – whenever you do things like this, whenever you're creating things that you believe in, like Venture Pop is something that you guys just kind of start hustling out and then you made it a thing and you did a Kickstarter. And now it's year number two. And like whenever you put your energy into things like that and you see the payoff and you get so much joy from that, like that's the whole live what you love thing where you find the thing that you love and you decide to figure out a way to make a living mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm.
1: I want to talk about money. I want to talk about money for a second though, if you don't mind. Sure. And so... Our approach for boss vacations is we just want them to be able to pay for themselves. Like We don't want to lose money doing it. So whenever you're putting on a conference or retreat, how much do you expect to make a profit and how much do you expect to kind of cut even and what is the growth plan as far as that goes? I do believe we all need to be compensated for our time. And obviously, Emily and I, the more we do retreats and vacations, the more we... The more that becomes our full-time job, right. the more we need to be compensated for that, like a full-time yeah. job. So that's my question for you, Christy, is kind of what is the growth trajectory and how much money should one expect to make in profit whenever it comes to putting on a retreat or conference? Yeah,
2: I mean, this is definitely something that we are still working on. I mean, uh, year one was basically what we did was we we ended up um, – you know, after everything was said and done at the end of the year, we ended up with a little pot of money that was basically the, um, the deposit for next year's venue. So, I mean, it's not, this isn't like necessarily a money-making venture, but I do think ultimately it is. So I know that that's a little confusing sounding, but I think that it's something that has to grow over time. It's something that, takes a ton of time to do. So it's hard to even equate how much you should make for doing that. Um, But what I've been doing lately is, and I think that that's why a lot of conferences get really big, is because you have to do all that work anyway. You may as well um, make it bigger and um, make money off of it because that is the only way to make money. Um, What our team has been doing lately is researching other conferences big, small, really outside of our industry as well. I mean, um, there are some people who put on huge, huge uh, conferences that then create intimate settings and connect people in between throughout. So you do get a little bit of both. Um, And we're actually discussing how we can change up the whole sponsorship model. I don't know what that means yet or looks like yet, but that's something that keeps coming up because the sponsorship model doesn't even make sense to me.
1: Like getting sponsors to sponsor your conference?
2: Like true traditional sponsors. Like if you do this, we'll put your name on this sign. Doesn't match up. Like I know you guys have long lasting relationships with your sponsors and then they get, I mean, you know, there's, there's a way that that all works out, which makes a lot more sense. Our sponsors are awesome. Yeah.
1: FreshBooks bought our bosses a yacht in Miami. Like, so we really try and integrate them into the experience. And we did have a sponsor, which I will say it was Basecamp, um, sponsored Being Boss Miami as well. And that felt more like uh, they bought our bosses a drink and uh, it worked. But I think because we didn't have an ongoing relationship with them through the podcast, Mm -hmm. it felt more like we're putting their name on a thing. And I just felt funny about, are they really getting value out of sponsoring this? And whenever you question that... I just want everyone to be getting their money's worth. Yeah. Including
2: our sponsors. No, I agree. I mean, because like when you look at, uh, I mean, like other sponsorship packages are readily available to look at online. I mean, of course, we did our research when we looked at ours and, you know, like, let's just say an average um, package is $5,000. I mean, if you start to think of it this day and age, like what you could get for $5,000 in. Uh, Facebook ads in anything like that I mean it doesn't add up and I think it's dead like I think that model is just dead and I haven't seen anyone um establish a new one or talk about it um and again I don't really know what that means just yet but it is something that my brain is spinning about because I do think in theory and I've heard this a few times from bigger fundraisers people like American Cancer Society and stuff like that who throw these big galas Um, they, their sponsorships, um, cover the cost of the event, which like, isn't even in the realm of like what, it doesn't even sound like that's what, you know, like, um, the Being Boss Vacations, it sounds like they're buying a drink, which makes total sense at, um, you know, VenturePop, that's not where we are at all, but, uh, you know, ticket sales cover a lot of those costs. so. I just find it really an interesting topic as something I'm like obsessively researching about, and our team is always talking about. So I'm hoping uh, to come out with like a different model on that because it just doesn't make sense.
1: And I think that just creative entrepreneurship in general, there are so many opportunities to build your own model and to think outside uh-huh. of the box from your business to how you put on a meetup to how you put on a conference, really not having conference experience like Emily and I, we did not have conference experience at all before we had put on Being Boss New Orleans. And I think that kind of the, the night, I always have a hard time with this word. Naivety, naive. We were naive enough. <laughs> to- <laughs> We were naive enough to build it our own way. And in many ways, there was that kind of out of the box thinking like, hey, let's buy our bosses a yacht. Let's buy our bosses a drink and really kind of integrating mm-hmm. the experience into that sponsorship model. But certainly we've thought this, too, where if we didn't have sponsors, we literally could not afford to put on the vacations that we put on. So right. we're constantly thinking of different ways, too. And even with the podcast, if we didn't right. have fresh books consistently sponsored, our podcast, would we still even be able to operate it at the scale that we do? Right. You know, So we're constantly thinking about our, our own security and our own ability to do business that's not tied up in someone else's hands.
2: Yeah. I mean, like the in-kind uh, seems to work a lot for people too. Like we have a great partnership with um, Old Number 77, which is um, – I mean, speaking of collaboration, I mean this one is so intertwined in my personal life <laughs> and in my professional life. Um, I'm really, I've become really good friends with um, the president and marketing director of the hotel um, through the events venue that I run because we send them a lot of business, and just they are super supportive, supportive of creatives, and they um, helped us out a lot with speaker hotels and um, you know, think, just a magnitude of ways. Uh, last year, the president of the hotel delivered a speech that just really uh, touched a lot of people in a bunch of different ways um, last year on the stage. And so, you know, I do think that that is definitely where we get a lot of our support is through in-kind stuff that we would have to pay for anyway, um, but are able not, you know, are able to cut costs because of the in-kind sponsorship. So I think that's, that's a strong thing, but you can't rely on that entirely. So I'm still kind of, framing up what that other piece looks like
1: we should do a pillow fight photo shoot with sarah becker lillard who did our photo shoot in new orleans at race and religious thanks to christy we should do a photo shoot at old hotel number 77 whenever we're staying there and do a pillow fight photo shoot that's what we should do emily We need one with like
2: feathers that explode yes Yes.
1: we'll get some feathers and just like crazy in our underwear
2: Get really cute pajama set.
0: Don't me laugh.
2: David, budget and cute pajama set. Right, lingerie. <laughs> lingerie. I'm working on my six pack right
1: now.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that idea. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. All done. Right, perfect follow right. up with Sarah and see if she'll do it will do which I do want to give you guys a shout out because Christy you all of our photo shoot that you see on beingboss.club like the witchy shoot was at race and religious thanks to you so thank you so much It is that for... is the
0: coolest venue oh, like I will so live cool. there someday somehow and maybe it's just like I accidentally fall asleep on the sidewalk or something <laughs> that's that may be how I live well, there you for guys, a moment. you guys
2: all love this last you know it. Uh, we cl- we close every August for repairs, so um, because the house needs so much work, it gets such a beating throughout the year, and last week, we had um, a vendor party, so all of the vendors, like all of the caterers and the photographers and the florists that work there throughout the year, we had them over, of course, it's a bunch of party animals, so we had a blast, and we hired a a tarot card reader and a palm reader to be in the downstairs slave quarter, where a lot of you guys' uh,
0: photos are. That was fun. Oh, that's exactly what I wanted to do in that space. <laughs> magic. Good. We have a resident space ever. We have
2: a resident palm reader. Do you? Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool as shit. She's
2: on speed dial.
0: Um I you know, know, you guys, that was my do first you know, time I've ever New done Orleans. that. I
2: know I hear you guys talk about it a lot, and I, like this whole world of um palm reading, tarot card, like that's all over my head. I don't You live in New Orleans. That is like, yeah. Uh You guys really highlighted that for New Orleans. I don't even, (laughs) I didn't even realize that was like. Girl,
0: look, you need to come hang out. How, maybe this is all just off. How free are you going to be that weekend? Like, can I snag you away for like a dinner or something? Yeah, let's do it. Or like a late breakfast. Okay,
1: I have to mention. Last time, though, we had dinner with Christy. (sighs) Yeah, this should be after. Can this be after? (laughs) Two tables moved away from us because we were all laughing. Cleared the room.
0: We cleared the room. We did clear the room. So Where though, was that? What was that restaurant? It was at Galatoires on Bourbon Street. And it's like it's is it the oldest restaurant in the city or like one of the oldest restaurants? It's one of in them. the quarter?
2: It's one of have you guys been to Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop yet? Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's the oldest bar. We went there Yeah, we went there during our um our ghost, ghost tour. tour. Oh right. But uh, so we were at Galatoire's, though. It was the three of us and then Sarah Becker Lillard and um we we did we cleared the room we had plenty of people giving us dirty looks and leaving the room because we were having so much fun and that's we didn't even notice it until
2: the waiter was like it's okay you guys can be loud we're like wait what, <laughs>
0: what? and we weren't even like <laughs> had we we had two drinks while we were there we weren't even shit faced. well like, just i mean old guys.
2: fashions kind of count for two you know
0: <laughs> right <laughs> oh man anyway that was a really good time and that's like I'm so glad to have the opportunity to go back to New Orleans um, because I feel like I feel like the cool kid now. Like I have friends down there. Like you want to come New Orleans with me? We're gonna call people and have dinner. Um, Love. Oops, such- the
1: clown do our tarot reading. <gasps>
0: yes, all kinds. I'm gonna go see Violet again. Lots of our NOLA bosses will remember Violet. Lots of us got um, got our cards read, and I've been craving going back to that. Um, that the rock store that we found in like the oh, northern yeah, yeah. part of the quarter last time we were there, I've been craving some gems. I mean, we get
1: real witchy whenever we're in New Orleans. Oh yeah,
0: I need I need some more 100% magic candles. Witch. I I finished my candle recently. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to come come witch shopping with us, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> going to be fun.
1: <laughs> okay, Christy, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Where can people find out more about seeing us at VenturePop?
2: Well, VenturePopConference.com slash being boss is you guys' landing page, which gives you, gives you guys some credit, which is great for all the Being Boss listeners to um, go through. Or the main page is being uh, VenturePopConference.com. That has all the info on who else is speaking? I know you guys mentioned um, being in a mastermind with Tara Gentile, so she will be on stage. I am super excited about that one. I'm taking her wit shopping with me as Ooh, well. Oh, my is, God. You guys,
1: She <laughs> is one of the smartest business people I know, I especially am for small, creative entrepreneurs. Yeah. I have learned so much working with her, and she gives it all away for free. I mean, if you just read her blog posts and watch her talks, you're going to get everything you need to know about rocking out your business from her
0: yeah i'm excited too i'm excited she's gonna be there um and um, who else is who, anybody else speaking
2: uh shanae howard oh that's hey, right shanae. love shanae um I, yeah i actually um i'm really excited about uh Shanae's, so i don't know if you guys have heard her hundred people project but it's like her uh reinvention of the target market the dreaded target market um exercise which is brilliant so yeah so I I mean like I think that that and Tara Gentili, I mean those two like are worth the price of the ticket alone um
0: you know plus me and Kathleen well yeah
2: y'all that's understood (laughs) that's understood Um, right and
0: then you'll also be able to be in New Orleans with us um and then the meetup the being boss meetup so all of our listeners um come to old hotel 77 their bar is it compare le pun compare le pun
1: Oh, I will never be able
2: to say that.
0: Right? Don't ask Kathleen the name of the bar; it won't be cute. Wait, and actually, so you that's guys not that... finalized yet.
2: Do you? So it it will be. It will be. I'll, I'll, I'll be. get it done this weekend. So, do you guys know that? Um, you know who who runs the restaurant in Compare Le Pain? It's chef Nina from um, what's the uh, oh uh, competition
1: master master chef? The other one, Wait. the really
2: big one, Iron oh. Chef. No, not no. Iron Chef. The one with um, Food Network. Tom Colicchio. Yes. Yes. Anyway, she was a fan favorite. She is the head chef at Capere Le Pen. Nice. Yeah. I, I wonder if we could do a podcast interview right? with her. I also She's want
0: to do one with John Besh. Guys, let's like, what if I run into John Besh again? <gasps> again? You did? Haven't I told you this story? Well, I thought, I thought it was like a,
2: um, like a manifestation kind of thing, not like a I real thing. I ran into that him happened. twice
0: in my life. What? Mm. Yeah. I I uh well, ran in, well, yeah. So, when I was in Chicago 2 years ago, David and I were walking down the street and we're like at a stop, like crossroads or whatever. Ooh. And I look over and he's sitting at a restaurant. To- um and like looks at me and I flip my shit like I had a moment of oh my god he saw it happen um (laughs) David had no idea who I was talking about and so we stopped there and had um had lunch had the best french fries of my life which if you know me french fries are a total thing um and then last year about this time I was in Florence like my hometown Florence Alabama And a friend of mine wanted me to go to Billy Reed, which is like a fashion, he's a fashion designer, his headquarters are in Florence, and wanted me to go to Billy Reed, because some chef was there signing cookbooks, and I was like, okay, I like cookbooks, he was like, they'll have gumbo, and I'm like, in, so I go, I didn't get any gumbo, but it was John Besh, and so I had him like sign my cookbook, right?
1: I hope to run into Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead, he hangs out in New Orleans, and I hope that my tongue runs into his mouth. (laughs) that's my goal that is my <laughs> conference goal for venture pop 2016. there we go we i will do my best to deliver
2: boss. i can't make any promises <laughs> right. on celebrity sightings Pull some strings
1: no celebrity makeouts celebrity makeouts. these sessions. aren't
0: sightings these are makeouts all right perfect um i'm excited about venture pop thank you for coming to chat with us sure hope thing. lots of bosses come to venture pop because i want to hang out with you guys um Yeah. And all the
2: rest of this, I know we didn't get into all the speakers, but there's a lot more speakers. They're all on the website. So many great topics that are going to totally, you know, resonate with your audience too, I'm sure. Mm -hmm.
1: And if you can't attend, just be sure to budget it into your next year at least to attend at least one conference or retreat or boss vacation or venture pop 2017 because it is so good for your business it's so good for your soul to go meet some other bosses IRL
0: amen amen hey there web design bosses Emily here, and in case you're unaware, my main hustle for the past six years has been as a web designer for creatives who want to start an online business. It's been a fun ride, and I've grown my web design business, Indie Shopography, from scratch, from a one-woman show trying to make ends meet to a small online agency with a small team making a big impact for our dream clients. I know what you struggle with, managing clients, making deadlines, scope creep, I've worked hard to build a business that is easy to run and that lets me focus on what I'm best at. So if you dream of having systems in place to help you better manage your projects, your clients, and your time, I am here to help. Check out my free training videos for web designers at beingboss.club slash indie for some insights to help you better manage your web design business so you can get back to doing the work you love. That's beingboss.club slash indie, I-N-D-I-E. I hope to see you there.
1: Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Please be sure to visit our website at beingboss.club where you can find show notes for this episode, listen to past episodes, and discover more of our content that will help you be boss in work and life. Did you like this episode? Please share it with a friend and show us some love by leaving a
0: rating and review on iTunes. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week.
2: Was that a knowledge bomb or something? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was that the
1: worst advice? Ever? No, that was the best. <laughs> no, no
0: you're perfect. That was the moment where Kathleen and I look at each other trying to figure out who's gonna talk next. Right. <laughs>
1: Emily. <laughs> you
0: no, I don't even remember what I was going to say. What were we talking about? Um